All right. Hi, guys. Jen here. It's been a while, um, probably about a year, I guess, since I set the podcast down. Um, you know, I needed to give life a fair shake, um, you know, getting on my feet, you know, sorting things out, you know, healing, growth, all that good stuff that um, thankfully I was able to do um, a lot of support family uh the women's center for advancement was amazing in in my you know recovery process my growth journey um but now i am back with double shot of catharsis uh there have been some changes um i've decided uh since beth you know had to walk away um i will have a uh, kind of rotating guest hosts um we'll still have uh guests on the show it'll still be a lot of similarities to what the plan was before um but also consider Considering, um, you know, really the social climate right now and how different, you know, honestly, things were a year ago in many ways, you know, for everyone in general. Um, I think I'm going to expand to talk about more women's issues besides just domestic violence issues. Um, there's going to be a lot of focus on empowerment and things that we can do to, you know, improve you know society and ourselves um i am here today with a friend of mine Lindsay, um who has her own podcast uh, i'll let her tell you about that here in just a moment um and we will talk a little bit about how we met and all of that um but some of you might have heard me uh record an episode on her podcast um a few months ago wasn't it Lindsay? Gosh, I guess it was. I'm, it was in February, so it's been a little while. Yeah, it has. It has. So why don't you go ahead and, and introduce yourself and, you know, whatever you feel like you want to share. And then we can start talking about some of our similarities and stuff. Sure. Um, well, thank you so much uh, for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here and uh, with your reboot, especially. Um, I am, so- too. so uh like you said my name is Lindsay. i also host a podcast Uh, i did a special episode where i did focus on abuse and leaving abusive relationships and um jen graciously accepted to be a part of that show which i appreciate um but my my podcast world comes from um we retell paranormal and strange experiences and stories from other people so this is a step away from that and we're going into real stories and um not to say that paranormal experiences are not um important but i think that this is a really important message Mm -hmm. and communication to have out there so i'm excited to be here with you i'm i'm excited to have you here with me too Lindsay. it's it's good to reconnect with you absolutely I mean, it's funny to think uh, when we first met, um, I, I can't even remember the name of the, the workshop that you guys were teaching. It was uh, the Wellness um, Recovery Action Plan. Yes, yes. Yeah, RAP, correct? Yes. Yes. Uh, when I was working for a mental health clinic, a mental health agency in Texas, uh, I was, you know, peer support at that time. And um, they had us go through Lindsay and the other uh, presenter, um, uh, one of their trainings. And it was really an amazing class. Um, and we met through that. You were one of the instructors. And then we just kind of gravitated towards each other as much as we could living with a few hundred miles apart huh that's right (laughs) Uh, do you want to share anything about that or i mean if not we can just jump right on in um about the wellness recovery action plan anything anything about how we you know any of that any of what we how we met you know how we connected well you know what I thought was interesting whenever we met, I think that you had reached out to me while we were there and you um, asked me if I had tattoos because you couldn't see them because I was presenting. Mm-hmm. And I said that I did and you got real excited and you actually invited me to join this group that did, um, at the time it was like volunteer work. Oh, the modified dolls, right? Yeah. yeah I remember that. I, I did some work with, I, I volunteered with them for a while. Yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, their whole uh, point is to help, you know, change the negative stereotype of people with tattoos and body modifications. Um, You had to have so many tattoos or body modifications, piercings, whatever. um, Mm -hmm. And then every month there was a, you know, nonprofit that we would raise money for. It was pretty cool. I mean, it's interesting because you couldn't see my tattoos, but you you thought I guess you had an inkling that I did. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I that's one other way that we we formed a connection. Not only had to, you know, we went through that class together, but then we were both a part of that uh, volunteer group. And then so I, Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I I think this would be, I don't know, Funny, uh, eye-opening, I don't know, something for, for whoever's going to be listening. Um, talk about me at that point. Oh, yeah. Well, um, a huge difference. Yeah. Definitely. You were, um, you were very quiet. Um, you... I remember I cried when we did introductions the first day because I had to speak in front of the group. Absolutely. You were terrified to speak. Um, Mm -hmm. you were very quiet. You cried that first day. You kept your head down a lot. You really didn't associate with anybody or talk to anybody because even us communicating, you had done it through text. I think Yeah, it wasn't even face to face. Um, it's, it's definitely, there's a stark difference between the person that I met and the person who you are today. And today you're just much more vibrant and happier. And, um, it's very obvious that there's been a big change. Yeah. And, you know, that change um, has been, you know, the relationships I'm in, the the company I keep, what I allow into my life, um, not ignoring signs when something is not right and just letting myself accept that it's part of my life. Mm hmm. That's a pretty, pretty good summary, I guess. Uh, there are important changes that I think a lot of us have to go through um, to, I think, to reach a, a point of happiness. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of work. <laughs> Being it, happy it, is a lot of work. Yeah. And did you, and, and you know me, I squirrel all the time. And I probably jumped ahead a little bit, a little, <laughs> a little, um, but I, you do have similar experiences with relationships as I have had. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to, are you comfortable talking about that a little bit tonight? I or? am. Um, I'm, I'm fine talking about it. I think, I think you probably know that there is a point in our, our life or our experience where it's pretty scary to talk about. Um, yep. There's um, because of what I went through, I had a lot of, gaslighting and a lot of emotional uh, abuse, which gaslighting is emotional abuse, but, um, you know, I was terrified to even talk. And so leaving Uh the relationship that I was in for about 13 years, um, I was really scared to talk about it on the, on any show or any any platform because I thought he was going to find out and I was going to be in trouble, which is, which is so interesting because I wasn't with him. I'd left him, we'd gone through a divorce, but I was going to get in trouble again, is all I could think. <laughs> yep. Um, so I had a similar experience where I was with somebody for 13 years who was very abusive the whole time, very controlling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I couldn't, um, gosh, I just couldn't do anything right. And I was constantly walking on eggshells. I think the worst part for me was that finally got to a point where I couldn't talk in the morning and I couldn't talk when I got home. And the only Uh thing that I could do was sit on the couch next to him as we watched what he wanted to watch. Um, and so after some time, a few years of that, um, I was able to see things a little more clearly and I was empowered to just leave them in a very, Unfortunately, leaving people like them, um, you can't leave them the way that you ought to be able to leave respectful relationships. Um, yep. It's pretty, I can't ever think sensational, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I had, I packed a bag, I threw everything in it, I grabbed my animals, I left unannounced. Um, mm-hmm. And the next thing I knew, I was telling them, you know, to get the hell out of my house. And I was in a hotel. Yeah. So. 
Um, but I think I'm a year out from all of that. Um, so I'm also still doing kind of like baby steps. I feel like a baby toddler taking mm-hmm. steps in the world of my new life. Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I've, I've actually said that exact same thing, mm-hmm. you know, about things, you know, and you know, whether it's in dating or learning how to set boundaries or learning how to use my voice. I mean, there's anybody who knows me at this point in time knows that I'll just say, you know, I, I tossed the filter out the window, you know, a year and a half ago is what I joke. Yeah. But you know, and I say things and, you know, sometimes it's like, well, maybe I shouldn't have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have been that straightforward about it because it is the baby steps. You know, I, I've got these wobbly little baby toddler legs underneath me and, you know, I'm trying to run when I, you know, barely knew how to walk. And, you know, sometimes that landed, you know, that wound up with me face planting on some, you know, metaphorical concrete. Right. <laughs> you know. And, you know, so, yeah, I, I totally get the, the baby legs, the, you know, <laughs> how to do things that, you know, we should have known how to do a long time ago. And maybe we did know how to do them a long time ago, but, you know, our ability to do things that were for ourselves, for the betterment of ourselves, were we were not allowed to have those things. We were, those were taken from us. Absolutely. I mean, the one of the best ways I I mean, that it just seems so silly. A baby step for me is going to the grocery store and buying what I want to eat. And I'm a year out and I'm still celebrating that every time I go. Mm -hmm. Because it's so amazing to me that I get to buy what I want to eat and I get to make it and I don't have to, you know, be a slave to what somebody else always wanted. Um, Yeah. That and then I get to work out. I was never allowed to work out. And now, like, I, I, get, I have a gym. <laughs> I have a gym <laughs> membership. And then I go to a boot camp, you know. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of freedom. There's a lot of happiness. And there's the baby steps in everything I do, I think. Yeah. And, and one of the, like, and this will probably seem odd to people who've – fortunately never had to go through, you know, this in any kind of process, you know, allowing ourselves to be happy. Yes. Not feeling guilty when we are happy about something. Right. That is huge because, I mean, you know, we, it it wasn't about us. We didn't matter. No, that's interesting that you say that because even after I had left my ex-husband I, somebody had to intervene and had to tell me that I was allowed to be happy and that yeah. I was clearly not letting myself experience any happiness. Cause I wouldn't leave my house. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't do anything with anybody. I wouldn't even go grocery shopping. I was having the groceries delivered because I was so terrified to leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the same thing. Yeah. I, I didn't, I don't think I even knew what happiness was. I mean, happiness for me now is buying fruit. Yeah, right. You know, and like if I, you know, when I go to the grocery store, um, you know, if I see a candy bar that I want, yes, I know, and I decide I want to get it, I don't have to account for that dollar and change that I spent. Mm -hmm. You know, and or you know, figure out well, you know, what can I do to hide the fact that I bought this candy bar because I wanted it, I, you know, and not get in trouble for it right. because, you know, you had to hide everything. Right. And then you know, I, I even still hide things now and I have to tell myself that I don't have to. Yeah. If I buy myself something new, um, for a while, uh, my mother was with me and I would almost want to hide things from her. And then I just looked at her one day and I told her, I feel like hiding stuff from you that I'm buying and I don't know why. <laughs> There was no reason for me to do it, but I had, and then I thought I had a a problem with buying stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I realized like I, you know, I connected the dots and it's, it's because I would be interrogated Mm -hmm. for whatever I bought that for whatever reason he didn't approve, even though I bought everything. Um, So yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting how these things can seem so trivial and silly for other people looking in, but for us, it's, um, it's a pretty big deal. 
Yeah. Yeah, it is. And like uh, something that I had mentioned uh, that we talked about in one of the previous episodes uh, was financial abuse. Um, I was talking to a friend and he had listened to the podcast that episode and he was like, I had no idea that such thing existed, that that financial abuse was something that existed. Mm-hmm. And like there were, there were two times that I know about that, you know, my bank account, you know, was drained So that way I wouldn't screw up and spend any money or, you know, well, I, you know, keep me where I was. Yes. And, you know, it happens and, you know, people don't realize that. And, you know, why didn't you just leave? Well, you know what? When I had opportunity to, there was no funds to do it because, you know, it had been put into everything had been put into a second account that didn't have my name on it. You know, it's like, it's never just a matter of why didn't you just leave? Right. It's not that simple. And that's the mistake a lot of people make. I, I even, I still have to face that criticism frequently. There was um, a friend that I saw last weekend who I hadn't, I hadn't seen him in a year. He actually lives in Spain. Um, and he was asking for an update on what had happened. And when I explained everything, he was like, well, you understand that a lot of this is your fault because you just didn't leave. <gasps> I know. And so, I mean, I tried to be patient and I said, you know, I expected to hear that from you. And, you know, he's not yeah. in the mental health field and he doesn't, he hasn't been exposed to it. He doesn't get it. So I, mm-hmm. I tried to be patient and explain it to him, but I still get that a lot. Um, yeah. But- yeah. Yeah. I- I uh, was seeing somebody for, you know, a brief period of time since I've moved back home, since I've left all of those, you know, all that history. Um, and, you know, he was a good guy. He, he really was. Uh, but I remember him saying to me at one point, um, you know, a couple of different times, uh, like one time he was like, uh, um, oh, I'm trying to remember now, it just like popped into my head. Uh, I, I had been telling him some about that first relationship mm-hmm. and he was, well, I know what happened. He was like, you guys just weren't working well together anymore. And he was pissed off that, and he didn't want to have to be the one to leave. So he was just being an asshole to you because of that. And I'm like, are you what? Yeah. What? You really just told me that you knew what was going on in that relationship. I, what? Yeah. I, you know, and looking, now I'm like, oh, that, that is, you know, I I probably should have cut and run at that. But I mean, I, I did learn good things and I did have growth from that relationship. So, you know, I'm not knocking it. You know, he was a good guy. He just didn't get it. Yeah. You, know, you can't expect, you know, people to get it when they've not lived with lived it in some way. Yeah. And I think a lot of the people that I get it from are men and mm-hmm. a lot of men are not going to understand it. Uh-huh. Because they they don't go through the same type of um, the way that I viewed it, and I'm not saying that women cannot be abusive, but I feel like our society raises a lot of men to be narcissists, and mm-hmm. it's very easy for them to also become sociopaths. <laughs> and following that is psychopath. And I think that because so many men are narcissists, um, they have a really hard time seeing or understanding they they don't have the ability to empathize with others um and so for them they just think it's dumb um but a a lot of the those those responses i've gotten have mainly been from white men yeah yeah you know and i mean and that's valid and i I, that statement's probably going to piss a lot of people off it is (laughs) it really really is Mm -hmm. i mean and i think and that's why, you know, some of the, the turn, some of the expansion of the subject of my podcast, you know, is because of things like that. We're in this place now in society, this this time frame, this period of time where we are just enough. And it's not just women. It's, you know, people, it's widespread. We've had enough of the way things used to be. It obviously wasn't working. It wasn't a good, you know, way in many ways. And so now, you know, it's okay to say stuff like that because, you know, we actually have people who agree 
right now. And who, who've had enough too, who, who are fed up too. Yeah. Well, and like I said, it's, it's not saying that women cannot be abusive and it's not saying that all men are narcissists and abusive. It's just, I think a lot of men are. Only white men. It's you know, everybody. Yeah. You know, it's 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 a human problem. Yeah. You know, it's a problem in humanity. You know, and it's very it's widespread and it's insidious. Absolutely. Part of that, I think, part of the reason why it's so widespread is because nobody talks about it. It's it's you know people women men who've been in abusive situations men especially you know they they can't admit that they've been in an abusive relationship where a woman was the abuser i mean they'd be ridiculed by other men that whole toxic masculinity thing and you know and then it's just ugh, i don't know it's well that's that's true and a lot of the issue is because people don't talk about it i know whenever i finally left my ex-husband and I was going through everything, um, and people at work started to find out. So many women were like, you know, are you safe, was the first thing they said when they found out I was getting a divorce. They didn't even know the whole story. And then um, I would tell them the whole story, and then they would tell me how they had gone through the exact same thing in a previous relationship. And all of these women, I mean, it was almost every woman I worked with. They all came forward telling me they'd been through the same thing. Um, but you know, we never, you would never talked about it before. I would have never known. Um, mm-hmm. but the, we all had this similar experience. I mean, it's just, it's interesting how life turns out the same for a lot of people, but we think it's a taboo subject and it's not, it's, it's not taboo. It's, it's a normal experience, not normal, but it's a frequent experience that a lot of people have. Yeah. And see, I had like, I had one individual, um, a female woman, uh, who told me and, and she, she was somebody who, you know, was briefly a significant part of my life, uh, uh, in my leaving, uh, the second relationship. And, uh, I, you know, I remember I had reached out to her at one point and was like, you know, Hey, I'm making all this progress. You know, I, I want to, you know, say thank you. And, you know, all of that. And, and, you know, she was like, um, well, you know, hopefully one day soon you'll get to a place where you don't want to talk about it anymore. Oh no. I was just like, and you know, she had been through, you know, a similar history, you know, of her own. And it was just like, I mean, I was flabbergasted. I was like, you know, this is how I'm healing. It's not me dragging it on. It's not me dredging up the past. You're allowed to talk about things to heal. You know, you're, I'm allowed to share my experiences to maybe help somebody else. Yeah. You know, the more we talk about it, the more we take away an abuser's power. Mm-hmm. Because they are banking on, you know, not being, not, you know, their, their victim not talking about it. Right. They don't talk about it. They, they have all the control. As soon as they start talking about it, you know, the, the gig is up. They know, you know, okay, we can fix things. And it doesn't always happen that quickly. You know, what is it? Uh, the average, the average, the typical um, person leaving an abusive relationship, it takes them something like what, seven attempts before they can leave, before they're able to leave. I think that's right. I, you know, and it's just like, you know, if we talk about these things, you know, survivors when they're leaving won't have that shame you won't have that guilt they will know where to go they will know who to talk to they will have an idea of what to do right well and on top of that you're always healing from something different at a different time because you're always learning and starting to understand where you were Mm -hmm. and what you came from and who you are now because I know at first I wanted to believe that I had always held on to who I was and I hadn't lost myself. And it took a year for me to realize that I didn't know who I was. Yep. And it's like I said, it's a year out and I'm still trying to figure those things out and navigate life. And if I didn't talk about it, 
and what I'd gone through, I don't know where I would be. I wouldn't be making as much progress or making any links um, or discoveries or learning. I mean, you have to always talk about it. It's never going to go away. Unfortunately, it's the awful gift that just keeps giving. And (laughs) it's one of the traumas that you just carry with you. You can't just drop it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, when you have PTSD issues, uh, like go to go back to that, you know, relationship I had since I've been home. One of the things was there was I had no idea that this particular sound, if I ever heard it again, was going to be a trigger. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I heard this sound and it was absolutely a trigger. I lost my shit. I'm bawling. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I, you know, I was losing it. And when I was telling, you know, that guy later, um, he was like, how can a sound be a PTSD trigger? And it's like, you know, he had PTSD from the military himself. So he's got this whole, you know, idea of what PTSD is. And that's his perspective. You know, fine. I get that. And, you know, but he didn't understand how that could be. And it was just like that sound happened. Mm-hmm. And then it, it was repeated once, you know, the individual had seen that it was bothering me. It was repeated over and over and over and over, you know, and that, you know, sent me into that tailspin. And, you know, it's like it took me back, you know, it brought up all those feelings, you know, that I would experience when that sound was an issue before. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it is. You you don't always know. Like when you have this kind of situation, you don't know what's going to take you right back to that place. Right. You know, it was a freaking noise. I had no clue. I you know, and I was just as surprised by my reaction. You know, I was like, "What? What? What? What's going on here?" Yeah. You know, after I had calmed down. But yeah, I mean, so you can't get away from it. You just have to, you know, you never know when it's going to sneak up on you and rear its ugly head. And you're going to be like, oh, well, I'm a mess now. I'm a mess again. Right. And, and so, I mean, that in itself, I mean, that's it's scary because you're like, well, you know, I have these things that are triggers. And, you know, am, am I going to be out in public somewhere? And one of those things is going to happen. Am I going to completely go off the deep end? Am I going to wind up in a hospital somewhere because, you know, hey, this chick's losing her shit. She's crazy. I know. Yeah. You, you never know. And it's it's things like that, too, that make it so hard. I don't know. I think I squirreled again. Sorry. No, it's okay. It's, I mean, it's the it's a constant challenge and learning from yourself and how to to reshape what you've gone through. I've had the similar experience when when I'm lied to. Um and I, or if I suspect I'm being lied to, I have a very difficult time coping. And especially if I'm at work, I have to learn how to reel that in um, because I can get emotional real fast um, and have a pretty bad reaction to it. And I, I had never been that way before. Um, I used to be a pretty calm person. Um, it took a lot to irritate me or make me mad. But I, I've realized over the past few years, especially after all of this, um, I can go from zero to 10 a lot faster than I ever knew. Um, yeah. And I think that, again, it's a part of healing and learning about what we've gone through. Um, yeah. I mean, it just I mean, it just goes back to exactly what we keep saying. It's just it's going to be with you for life. It's not going to go away. And we just we're trying to learn how to best live with it. Yes, we are. You know, something that just, you know, within the past minute, looking at the timer, you know, for the recording here, within the past minute, it just popped into my head. um, Like, I used to be a crier. I used to cry at freaking commercials. OnStar commercials would have me bawling. And I mean, it was ridiculous. You know, I, I, you know, would laugh at myself. I was embarrassed. I'm like, I don't know why I'm such a mess. And looking back now, you know, I will still say that to people. Oh, I'll cry at the drop of the hat. But looking back the past year and a half, I don't. Mm-hmm. I'm not a crier anymore. It just, I mean, literally occurred to me as we were having this conversation. And so it's things like that, you know, you 
have always been a certain way and you think of yourself in a certain way. And then, you know, all of a sudden you realize, oh, that's not me anymore. Mm -hmm. When you're talking about how much you change and, you know, we were, we were talking briefly about how I used to be when we met, you know, that I am nothing like I was then now, you know, it's like how much a person can change. Mm Mm-hmm within a certain situation i don't know it was just one of those little moments yeah that's a that's a different Mm -hmm. i mean i'm trying to think i think that i used to cry way more i don't think i cry as much but i'm still a crier (laughs) yeah you gotta get a good cry in at least every week yeah well i mean i don't even do that anymore I mean, I'm, you know, I'm still, I'll still cry. I absolutely appreciate and recognize the value of, of a good cry, how cleansing and therapeutic it can be. And that crying is healthy. I recognize all of those things and I don't care. I'll cry if I need to cry, but yeah. I just don't cry like I used to. I'm not that crier anymore. That's, That's something to think about. Yeah. 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 But, you know, looking back on my life at that point, when I was that crier, I mean, my emotional needs weren't not were not being met, you know, within the relationship I was in, you know, and I was being criticized. I was, you know, I was being told I was, you know, not verbatim, but basically that I was a terrible person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and so all of that stuff takes its toll on you. And I, you know, it, it just, you know, you become a shell of, I know, I think even a shell of who I was, it was a shell of, you know, who I should have been. I was just never able to get there. I'm trying to think, listening to you and what you're saying, I'm trying to think if, if I ever knew who I was for those past you know, 13 years, basically. I don't even know if I know who I am now. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, it takes a lot away. Yeah. I mean, have you ever categorized or listed what you were like then and what you're like now? I, I don't think I've like made a, you know, a mental checklist or anything like that, but you know, I've thought about it. I know I've had, um, I, I don't know if, uh, when we had met, if I had already started gaining a lot of weight or not. Um, I had wound up putting on over a hundred pounds. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. And, uh, I, you know, I've lost it all at this point. Um, and you know, I, I jokingly call, call it my misery weight, you mm-hmm. know, so the picture will pop up on, you know, Facebook memories, that I posted whenever. And, you know, there's pictures of me when I had gained that hundred plus pounds in, you know, recently, fairly recently within the past month, I think one of them came up and, you know, I made a post, I shared it and I was like, I, you know, I don't even recognize that person, you know, and, you know, it's not that I'm ashamed of that person. I'm not, it's just, I'm so far from that person I was then, you know, as far as, you know, I didn't stay, I didn't know how to use my voice. I didn't know how to stand up for myself. I didn't know how to, shit, I didn't know how to think for myself. Yeah. I, you know, and so, yeah, in that sense, yes, I've, I've made those comparisons, but, you know, that's, you know, pretty basic, I think. Um, I haven't really sat down to make a list of, well, you know, I would do this or I wouldn't do this and I will now. But I think it's definitely something I will <laughs> probably put some thought into after we get done with this. Oh, that's what I was thinking I was going to do, too, and sit down and kind of compare. I think with me, I um, the way that I had to leave the relationship and the type of man that I was with. He, of course, um, turned everyone against me. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't think I maybe have I have one friend left over that was a mutual friend. Um, other than that, I mean, nobody has anything to do with me. They won't even look at me if I, you know, walk past them. Um, yeah, that's good, though. What's that? <laughs> I'm sorry. 
that's a good thing though. I mean, if they can't support you, you know, then they don't deserve you. That's true. Well, and he, he made up some pretty outrageous stories. Um, but <clears throat> if you, so what I did is I had actually deleted my Facebook account because I'd had that one since I'd met him and, um, I started all over. Yeah. Um, once the divorce was final, I, um, started a new account. And so I don't have any of those pictures, but I do have the first picture that I posted and it was actually, um, I posted it the day that we got divorced. And if you look at that picture, my, that profile picture from December and then my profile picture now, I look like a completely different person. Yeah. There's a stark physical change. Not like I look happier. I'm, um, actually slimmer. Cause I'd also gained weight, but I didn't realize I'd gained weight. Yeah, that um, that I, gained, I didn't, I mean, I knew I had gained weight, but I had no clue how much until somebody made a comment that was probably a little backhanded, <laughs> uh, made a comment, and uh, I was like, holy shit, you're right. Yeah. I, but that was also the turning point where I started losing weight. Yeah. Once I, once I realized, but I mean, how, how do you do that? I mean, you know, people ask, how does a woman, you know, wind up in labor, never knowing she was pregnant? Oh, you know, it's, it's like, if they're told they can't get pregnant or, you know, they aren't educated, they don't have the knowledge to, you know, fully understand how it happens. And that does happen because sometimes parents, you know, don't talk about that stuff. Yeah. Well, you get pregnant if you do this. And, you know, because parents will tell kids some really jacked up shit in order to keep them innocent and whatever. But so I can see how it can happen because I put on over 100 pounds and I didn't realize it until somebody said something. And then I was like, I mean, I know I'd put on a little bit of weight. I didn't realize that much weight. Yeah. I didn't even see it when I looked in the mirror. You know, I didn't see the weight on myself either. Somebody did point it out to me too. Yeah. And I, you know, it's weird because I remember, um, I actually got in a fight with my ex over it. I'd gotten, um, my underwear wasn't fitting like it should. And it's cause I gained weight, <laughs> but I, I was like, I guess I'm at the age where I have to wear, you know, the really high waisted underwear. So I went and bought some and he was just repulsed by it. And uh -huh. I like, literally had an argument with me about how I shouldn't wear that underwear. Um, yeah. And I remember being like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? Like, I should be able to wear any underwear I want. Um, but then somebody was like, you know, you've gained weight. And I was like, oh, shit, that's why my underwear is not fitting. Like, yeah. It was cr And then within months of being away from him, I didn't change anything. Um and it just, the, melting off. it just melted off of me. And like, I mean, now I work out, you know, five times a week and I do a lot of different things. So it makes yeah. sense that my body looks different now. But at the that time, I wasn't trying. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting. Yeah. No, it, it, it absolutely is. It's, you know, and I, know, I think that's something that, you know, worth researching more i mean not just you and me you know but that you know i mean i don't know my brain's all over the place right now i'm, st I'm st kind of uh, stuck thinking about a list of how i've changed um <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know i don't know it's definitely something to think about yeah um so we we had a bit of a game plan uh when we when we talked before we started recording tonight um and I think I had said something about we'll just kind of go with the flow and I'll squirrel quite a few times and, you know, we'll have a list of things that we want to talk about, but it'll, you know, roundabout back and forth all the way around to, you know, cover it all, uh, which is exactly what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but what was, I'm trying to remember some of the other things that we were like, well, we kind of want to touch on that. Um, you, you help me out here. Let you know, see. I don't know if I can. I feel like yeah. we, we talked about 
doing our intros and our similar experiences and, and kind of going through those. I feel like we're right on target, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do too. I do too. And that's why I was, you know, was like, well, you know, when Beth and I would do the podcast, that's, you know, what we would do. We just kind of go with the flow. And I do remember after our second podcast, we were like, we do need to make a, a list, a checklist, you know, mm-hmm. to help us when we, you know, 17 squirrels later, I, you know, we can kind of make sure we've hit all of our points, but I mean, I, I guess we kind of have for tonight. I think so. Yeah, I think this was a good start. Um, I, you know, I, I do want this to be a weekly thing again. I, you know, not even again, it wasn't before. I mean, um, but I do and plan on having this be a weekly thing. And I absolutely would love for you to be my guest host as often as you would like. Um, I have, you know, another person lined up. I have a couple other people I've been talking to as well. Um, you know, and Beth knows that should she ever decide she wants to come back or, you know, just come back as a guest, the, the door is always open for her. Um, but uh, wait, as far as future episodes, um, what do you think are some things that you would like to, to have us talk about? Um, you know, one of the things that was, and this just goes back to leaving abusive relationships, the most difficult thing for me was I was also financially abused, but it's because I was the breadwinner. Yeah. Um, and I had to pay for everything. I mm-hmm. paid for every single thing, but it still had me in a chokehold. I still yeah. wouldn't be able to get up and leave because the house was in my name. And mm-hmm. I also had five animals. And what was I going to do with those animals? Where was I going to go? Um, and I also knew he wouldn't leave the house. Yeah, I knew that he was going to stay and he wouldn't get out. And so the um, one thing I would like to talk about is navigating and the difficulties of leaving these types of relationships, because you and I had different situations, but we were still both stuck in it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's that's one thing I would be interested in talking about for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's a very good, very necessary topic um and i know that i have like you know some of the things that i do want to you know have guests on and such people who are experts in certain areas you know Mm -hmm. like a financial planner or something like that who can you know present information on okay so you're you just left or you're trying to leave here are some things that you can do to you know help yourself you know fund be able to or you know, now that you're gone and you have all this, you know, bad credit history, you know, all this financial stuff from the financial abuse from, you know, trying to get away and having to, you know, live credit card to credit card, you know, unpaid or, you know, whatever it is, just things that, you know, people can do to help repair that damage. Right. Um, you know, when you've got this like mountain of debt and bad credit you know, it, it's hard to start over because you can't afford to, you know, you know, I know I was not working when I left both of the, you know, after both of my experiences, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, when I moved back home, it took me a while to, I mean, it took me months to get to a place where I was felt like I could work. Mm-hmm. I know for any any number of reasons part of it was just you know the mentality of i you know what do i do i don't know what to do i don't know how to do it you know i you know not sure where to go but part of it was also and you know like one of my best friends she was like said something about maybe a job working you know at the company she works for and i was like no i don't think that's a good idea because i'm kind of in this place right now where when somebody rubs me the wrong way i'm you know back to that baby legs thing yeah you know I don't always know. Sometimes shit flies out of my mouth that it shouldn't. And it's like, I don't want to go and work anywhere that you're associated with and have it come back on you because, you know, I'm near baby legs, you know, right. I'm running every day, you know, in some instances. So, you know, getting on your feet when you don't have, you know, a job, when you don't have, you know, an income, when you, you know, 
you've been out of the workforce long enough that, you know, finding a job in your career field is going to be difficult, you know, or you have firings, you know, you've been fired from jobs because of, you know, circumstances in the past, you know, it, and you get in that mindset too, where I know you think that, you know, because of all of this, I'm not going to be able to find anything. And it's that negative talk, you know, that you were taught by, you know, an abuser, you know, that you're not worth anything and all of that. And, you know, changing that mindset is difficult, but right. um, having guests who can help people plan out, you know, financial freedom, financial independence, or having, you know, a guest who can talk about, you know, resources available. Um, uh, you know, I still, I have a plan, um, as far as, you know, a program I would like to create that will help people leave an abuser in a safe way. Um, I'm not going to like go into what that is yet. Cause I'm still working out details and it's, it's, you know, it's going to be a lot to get it in place, but you know, I have those kinds of plans, you know, just anybody, who can provide information to make the process easier for somebody who's coming out of an abusive relationship. You know, I think that would be amazing. I know I sure as hell didn't know what to do. Right. And I still half the time I'm winging it half the time, but I've also, you know, gotten an amazing support network. You know, I've got resources available to me. I have places where I can go to talk, you know, my therapist at the WCA, she, you know, I graduated, you know, from therapy there last summer, but I still email her. I know once a month, you know, once every couple of months, you know, as of late, I think, you know, just to touch bases. And if I have something that I'm not sure how to process, you know, we'll talk about it in an email and, you know, that's, that's a tremendous support. Right. Even just having that person that, you know, I know, even though you're not like associated with them closely anymore, whatever, you know, as a therapist, that relationship was, you know, I can still go to her and it's little things like that. And I don't think people understand that either, that, you know, that support system, how, you know, critical it is. Right. No, I agree. You know, some of your best friends, as as good intentioned as they are, if they don't understand, you know, they're not going to be able to give you the kind of information you need. And, you know, people don't always think. Um, you know, with the damage that we have coming out of those, those situations that, you know, maybe phrasing something just if, if this friend they're being supportive, but they, some, whatever they say, they phrase it in a certain way and it shuts us down. Right. Because it, you know, it somehow was a trigger reminds you, you know, it's just, it's exhausting even to think about, I guess, um, how involved leaving is and getting on your feet. And right now I'm just kind of sitting here looking around my room and it's like, I'm still in the process of organizing after I've moved into the basement mm-hmm. and like how far I've come and just, Oh God, I don't know. It's like, it's exhausting thinking about everything that I've done in the past year and a half. That's what I was going to say is that it's just sitting here and thinking about everything that you have to do to make that shift and to get out of it. Yeah. It's, there's just so much. And it's amazing that we are where we're at. Yeah. And I make fun of myself because I actually, I, I sold my house. It was my house. It was all my money that I dropped into it. Um, but I also came out of that marriage with a shit ton of debt. Um, yeah. because I was the breadwinner. So of course I got stuck with everything, yeah. but I sold my home. I have a good paying job. I have great insurance. You know, I have all those things, but I'm living in my mom and dad's house. <laughs> like, yeah. It's what I had to do to, to make it through. And if I yeah. didn't have that, I don't know what I would have done. I always make fun of myself because I live with my mom and my dad, but like, I still think I've come such a long way. Yeah. And you know, you're lucky you have supportive, you know, supportive family yeah i certainly was you know i stayed with my folks for what like nine months mm-hmm. i think almost nine 
house when I moved home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've, I've thanked my dad repeatedly because I am so grateful. Um, you know, we've had our issues in the past. We had our issues growing up and, you know, everybody does. But if my dad was not the father that he is, if he was not the person that he is, I mean, I know had I not left Texas, I would have gone back to that second relationship because mm-hmm. I didn't have any other options. Right. You know, I couldn't go to a, a, a shelter because I wouldn't be able to take my dog and cat. Right. Those were, I mean, at that point with some of the other stuff that, you know, I had going on, I mean, those, that was, that was, that was my support system. Those were, you know, my babies. Those were what kept me going. Right. I wasn't, you know, going to give them up because then I would have lost everything. You know, so, yeah, I mean, if my folks hadn't been as supportive as they had and given me that time, I, I would I know where I would be right now. And honestly, that's probably dead because I couldn't and not at his hand either. Mm-hmm. I, because that's where I was. I just was getting to a point where I couldn't do it anymore. I remember sitting on a bench down at kind of this park, this, you know, with the second relationship, the neighborhood that they lived in. There was this beautiful little park area with a creek. And I remember going down there one day and sitting on the bench and just staring at the creek, the little bridge that went over it and thinking, how deep is that water? And if I tied uh, you know, if I weighted myself down with rocks, whatever, would it be deep enough for me to be under long enough for nobody to be able to help me? Yeah. Ugh. And yeah, I got deep real quick. <laughs> it's just so, I mean, the fact that we sit there with those feelings and those thoughts and you're by yourself in that, you know? Yeah. And you really think that that's the way to get out of it. And it's just so fucking awful that those are the feelings that we had to experience. Yeah. And, you know, I know that that's how you felt was a way for you to get out. And I think this is probably the first time I'm saying this publicly. And it's going to sound awful or shocking. But I think that a lot of people can relate that I used to think to myself, I hope that he doesn't come home tonight because he he dies. Yeah, I would hope that he was in a car accident and that he would die, and that was going to be the best way for me to get away from him. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And there's the guilt of living with thoughts like that. You know, I'm a good person. <laughs> you know, you think to yourself, "I'm a good person. How could I? How could I even think of something like that?" Yeah. Well, it's, it's shameful to admit that. It's shameful for me to say that I literally wished that he would just die Um, because I I think it's negative. It's pretty awful, but it was my, those were my feelings. Uh And they're absolutely valid, you know? And, and sometimes people can't look past that. Sometimes people can't, you know, uh, like uh, uh, her name, uh, Sintonia, Sintonia Brown. Is that her name? The, The girl who, uh, she was a teenager or something or a kid and had been uh, trafficked. She'd been brought into a sex trafficking ring and she wound up murdering one of her captors or something. Yes. Is that her name? Is it Santonio Brown? I know she was just released or is just about to be released. Yeah, she was released, but I can't remember what her name is. I think that's it. I hope I got it right because, I mean, she's her story is, you know, all too happens all too often honestly right but you know she killed one of her captors and there are still people out there saying murder is murder she needs she shouldn't be released from prison because she killed somebody well you know do you know what she was living do you know she was fighting for her life even though she you know supposedly it was calculated she planned out what she was gonna do it was what she had to do to be okay it was what she had to do to get away yeah well, and she was she was being held captive, so it's it, it was self defense. Gosh, you know, saying that, I wonder if we would say that about ourselves. Yeah, 
You know, you don't, you don't know. I think you never understand where somebody is coming from. Um, you know, unless you've been there on some level yourself. And I think that's part of why I have chosen to be so vocal and open about my experiences mm-hmm. is because if my experiences, if my story can help one other person get past that, you know, moment that lasts years of despair where, you know, they think their only, their only hope is to kill themselves. If my experience can help them just claw their way past that just enough to be able to start moving forward again, mm-hmm. then I will, I will uh, have I will gladly deal with the people who want to call me names and who want to judge me and this and that. And you know what? Fuck them. I don't care. I care about the people who have been in these situations, who have been affected, who are struggling, who are survivors. I care about them, not the judgmental assholes who think they know it all. I know because they don't. That's empathy is, you know? Yeah. It goes a long way. And, you know, I, you know, I feel like I am strong enough. I am stubborn enough. And, you know, I can deal with people's shit. I know. So I will put myself out there again and again and again and again and again. And, you know, I do. I have had people message me or tell me, you know, that they listen to the podcast or they have, you know, read my posts when I talk about my experiences and how, it helped them mm-hmm. recognize, you know, what they were going through or they were able to recognize something that a loved one was going through and help them. And you know what, that feeling right there, it, it's everything. Right. Yeah. It makes it worth it. It does. It does. You know, I've, I've said before, um, that, you know, the first situation that I left, I mean, it was not bad enough for me to say enough. Mm-hmm. I got into another situation that was even worse, much, much worse. Um, you know, neither were physically abusive. Um, it was all verbal, mental, emotional abuse, gaslighting. Um, you know, I had a gun pulled on me in the second one. Uh, you know, the sleep deprivation. I'd be sleep de- deprived for days at times um, with the screaming and the yelling at, at me. And, you know, but oh God, I just totally squirreled again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, welcome to my brain. <laughs> you survive <laughs> no but, you know it's just i don't know there's so much that goes into it i guess i'm not gonna recover that thought until like three seconds after we end recording <laughs> <laughs> you know and that's another thing you know our memory do you find you have a lot of memory issues now um no not that i have noticed i don't think that i do yeah is that something you're experiencing oh yeah and and i mean part of it could just be you know getting older and you know just whatever but i i do really feel like some of it is that it has gotten worse lately um but i also have a lot more on my plate at this point um all positive stuff all amazing things but i you know I'm, i'm learning how to balance that stuff now but the memory is i mean i daily almost i have a moment where i'm just like uh i don't know what my next word was going to be or why (laughs) you know it's 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 a little unsettling but i you know i guess it's something i should probably talk to my doctor about (laughs) if (laughs) i mean there's so many reasons why that could be happening there's so many variables yeah there absolutely are yeah but I think I went through a little bit of that immediately following leaving my ex. Um, but there wasn't anything that was long lasting. Trying to think if there's some other, if there's something else that I've experienced. Uh, Unfortunately, the longer that time goes by and the longer I don't talk about it, I forget about some things. 
and sometimes people will remind me because I think that all of us start to feel was it that bad was it really that awful (laughs) people will have to remind me and I'm like oh yeah you're right it was awful like it was hell you're right like I literally wished that he would die so no you're right (laughs) it was bad yeah, you know, I I find myself doing that too, especially it, it, a lot more recently again, honestly. Um, you know, with things that have occurred um I with trying to like be as vague as possible. Um, you know, some of the things that I've been working towards that have finally started falling into place. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and having to have contact, more contact now with one of those you know, relationships, uh, one of those individuals. Um, I, you know, so now I find myself, you know, thinking, well, you know, maybe, maybe, I, maybe I just remember everything wrong. Maybe I am crazy. Maybe I am a bad person. You know, those thoughts that I would have when I would be getting yelled at and, you know, and yeah. being told that I was lazy, inconsiderate, didn't contribute, uh, you know, uh, selfish, all of that stuff. I, you know, and, and I do go back to that. And, you know, I probably always will to a certain degree. I know how to manage it now, but better now. But I do, st- I have found that since having to have more contact with that individual as of late, you know, I do find myself going back to that place mentally. Yeah. Um, you know, and it sucks. But I also know now that that's how it works that gaslighting and that kind of abuse, it, you know, it, reach goes on and on and on so i i accept that it's probably never going to fully go away and i just continue to recognize it as soon as it happens and you know go from there yeah try to, try to get away from it yeah i think that's the best thing that we can do yeah i agree i know it's an it's a learning it's an ongoing it never will end I, you know, it, it really won't. The, the process, the healing process, the growth process, it's, you know, if you're not growing, if you're not learning, if you're not healing from whatever, you know, trauma experiences, whatever, then then you're doing it wrong. Right. And doing it, when I say doing it wrong, doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, you as a person, you know, it's, it's you just haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, there's gosh it's a different process for everyone with their their toddler steps Mm -hmm. right it absolutely is Mm -hmm. all right well i think we went on another 20 minute tangent after we said we (laughs) (laughs) Um, so anyway Lindsay, i want to say thank you for you know doing this with me and I cannot wait, you know, for future episodes. And, you know, we, I mean, we honestly don't know each other all that well. I I cannot wait to get to know you better and, you know, have you for a sister in, you know, this, this process, um, both the healing process and, you know, the process of, of this podcast and, you know, maybe being able to help people very grateful for you. Um, I'm very grateful you were able to get out of your situation and that you did reach out to me um again you know when you did come back on facebook and you know i'm I'm just very happy to have you in my life absolutely the feeling is mutual i'm very happy that we kept and i think i sought you out whenever i got back on uh facebook because i knew i didn't want to lose contact with you but i had also disappeared and i knew it was kind of weird um but you're one of the first people I thought of whenever it was over for me, um, who I wanted to talk to. Cause I knew that you were going to understand. And so I'm thankful that you were, you know, open to talking to me and that you're open to having me a part of this. And I think it's going to be a great experience. So thank you so much. I think it's going to be great as well. So, um, well, everybody, I, you know, I, I'm back. Double Shot of Catharsis is back. Um, it's going to, you know, evolved, you know, as I go, as we go. I mean, just like life does, you know, you can start out with one idea and I, you know, 
as long as you're not like so tunnel vision on an idea that you're shut off from other possibilities, you know, I, I think that that's the way to do it. Um, so I'm looking forward to this journey with everybody. Um, I will, uh, next episode, um, I will start giving out the email address. Um, I, you know, for anybody who wants to write in, um, you know, things that, maybe they'd like to see, you know, topic on the show or guest, um, spot. I, I do still plan on having, um, I had mentioned the guests before as, you know, experts in, in, you know, their fields type thing, but I will be looking, we will be looking for survivors, um, who are comfortable sharing their story. Uh, you would be able to do it anonymously. Um, however, you know, whatever works best for you, uh, while this is, you know, my baby, it's, it's not just about me. It's about, you know, everybody who, who needs somebody. Right. So, um, that being said, uh, Lindsay, I will be talking to you in a few minutes. I'm going to give you a call. <laughs> okay. And everybody else, I am so happy and excited to be back. Um, I look forward to uh, doing this with you. Everybody have a good night. Uh, this is Jen with Double Shot of Catharsis and Lindsay with, uh, why don't you tell your podcast name again? It's called I Have a Strange Story. And um, it's as well, right? It's what? I'm sorry. It's, it's on Anchor as well, correct? It is. It's on Anchor. It's on iTunes. Um, everywhere where Anchor puts us out, that's where we are. Yep. And I need to uh, work on getting this, getting a double shot of catharsis posted back on other uh, uh, platforms as well. So that'll be a work in progress. Um, anyway, everybody have a great night and uh, see you guys in a week. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.